Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's Interview Podcast. My guest this week is a man who is a top director and actor and artistic director and just a generally good guy, Madrid St. Angelo. How you doing? I'm doing great, Tom. Thank you. Tell us about Sonnets for an Old Century. When I read when I read the, the press release, I said, how in the world are they going to make a book of poetry work on stage? But I must well, say we, you did. <laughs> Tell us well, how that happened. Thank you very much. Uh, we, we had read the play, Urban Theater, uh, we had read the play about six years ago, and uh, we sat around the table, we loved it, we were a brand new company, and at that time we pitched uh, the play to another theater company that had uh, we, we were friends with, um, and at that time they felt that the uh, play didn't represent their company uh, in the way that they uh, were wanting to be represented, so we just kind of shelved the idea. But uh, Urban Theater Company were a Latino-based theater company. So naturally, at, uh, especially at that point, before we opened the doors and became a Latino-based, multi-ethnic, uh, multicultural theater company, we were looking into Latino playwrights. And Ivan Vega, myself, and Marilyn Camacho were huge fans of Jose Rivera. And uh, so we sat on the play. We loved his work. We were We've been waiting for an opportunity to dive in and, and, and get some of his work on stage and kind of give it our twist. Uh, so it's, it's kind of uh, been like a date with destiny in a way, or with Jose Rivera. So about, uh, about a year ago, we sat down with about 20 actors, read sonnets, and said, we've got to figure out a way to do this show. And at that time, Steppenwolf, um, they were uh, seeking proposals from emerging theater companies to uh, be part of their garage rep series. Uh, at the Steppenwolf Garage, and we proposed uh, Sonnets, and they loved the idea and wanted to work with Jose Rivera, and uh, we had already made that connection with Jose, and we were the right guys to do the show. That That's amazing. And uh, But but now you still have this book of poetry, and you got yeah. all, you got all of the, these. So t- tell us what, what it's about and how you approach it and how you did the casting for the show. Well, that's really, really interesting. When I read the play... Uh, not six years ago, but when I read the play this last year, um, there were certain ideas and themes that kept coming up over and over and over again in the text. And those were uh, uh, ideas uh, uh, directly referring to elements in, in nature, water, fire, rain, um, earth, ash, and uh, light. And there was there were a lot of references about... Uh, the, the planets, uh, the constellation. And the play really hit me in this way of uh, being this kind of very spiritually grounded, existential um, take on uh, people's lives. And I love this idea. Jose says in the beginning of the play, uh, this character, Wendy, who kind of serves as a gatekeeper or a St. Peter uh, uh, type uh, person, uh, a, a watcher over this afterlife, uh, says that all of our words, when we die, we're given one moment. This is the premise of the play. When, when we die, we're given one moment to say something about our lives with the understanding that whatever we say goes back out into the universe to be recycled amongst the living. Well, let's and hope that's I, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And hopefully, uh, let's hope the thing that we have to say is worth putting back out into the universe. Correct. So, 
I love this idea. And for me, immediately, all of those elements in the language, uh, this idea of the planets and constellations, I thought to myself, what might the afterlife look like? And um, I basically, there's one sonnet in there. The character's name is Michi Baral, and he talks about he's a he talks about being in love with uh, the the solar system and the planets. And uh, he had this experience when he was a kid where he almost broke through into this other dimension and saw life from the other side of the veil, so to speak. And uh, the the language was so filled with uh, the galaxies and this love of of the planets and the stars. I said, this is where this world is going to live. It's going to live somewhere between Earth and the great beyond, the stars, the planets, this worldly realm. And since none of us, uh, you know, we don't know what heaven looks like or if there is a heaven, uh, I just I wanted to kind of move in that direction. Just uh, the, Jose says this play takes this book of poetry takes place in a waiting room in the afterlife. That's all he says. Well, what you guys did a terrific job with the with the lighting and the and the videos and, and, and Thank tell you. us about that your collaborators with that because the atmosphere was key to this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I went into this uh, into into this knowing knowing where I wanted where I wanted it to, to to live, where I wanted the language to live, and what the space what I wanted the space to look like. Immediately, as soon as I uh, I had my pitch session with. Uh, Steppenwolf, I contacted my friends at Collaboration. I contacted a guy named Sam Peretta, who uh, I knew as an actor many years ago, but who since then has worked as uh, an artistic advisor and, and uh, creator, director for Collaboration. These guys knock it out of the park with oh, yeah. with video and uh, sound design. And So I went to Sam and I said, Sam, I need your two best guys. I need video. I need I need sound design. And he hooked me up with uh, Liviu Pizzari, who does all the video for Blue Man Group. And uh, so we, so I met with Levy, and he said, "I love this the story. I love what you want to do with it. I'm on board." And then I met with a guy named Miles Pulaski, uh, who is uh, considered one of the top five sound designers in the city, and he loved the idea. And uh, he and his a partner of his, Andrew Wheatley, said, "We're on board. We're do your sound." So I, I personally, I, I feel like I have uh, uh, some of the best production people, design people. That uh, that loved the idea and loved Jose's language and jumped on board. Yeah, so so you so. so you set up this this terrific atmosphere, and then and then you had to to cast and you had to find people. Yeah, who could uh, <laughs> envelop and internalize Rivera's writing? Because I was so impressed with the writing. I I mean, it's it's one thing to be, you know, to to write about a few different topics. This guy can write about anything. Yeah, it's really interesting. He, he, uh, they're actually, when, uh, when my first meeting with Steppenwolf, they said, okay, we love the idea, but if you do the play in its, or the, the book of poetry in its entirety, you're looking at a three hour show. So you gotta, you gotta, it's gotta be cut down. So that was my first meeting with Jose, my second meeting with Jose, where I said, Jose, uh, how, how, how can I approach, uh, this book of poetry that you've written? And, uh, and bring it to life on stage. And, and he gave me the permission to rearrange the poems, uh, create the linear narrative uh, uh, as diversely as I wanted to. Uh, the only thing he asked was that we didn't cut any of the actual language in the sonnets. We didn't shorten any of the sonnets. Uh, so when we auditioned, 
this was a very interesting process because we're a Latino-based multi-cultural uh, theater company, and I think that was a really key thing for for the folks at Steppenwolf. They wanted to bring that atmosphere, that energy, that diversity into uh, you know under their their wing. So uh, we were, again, we were the right company to do that. So when we auditioned, I auditioned I think over 200 actors for the show, which was just absolutely huge. Yes. Uh, yeah, and, and in particular. It's interesting. This this program that uh, Steppenwolf is uh, is doing with the Garage Rep series, uh, what they're really trying to do is bring in young, emerging, new theater companies, and to kind of tap into the vitality uh, of of uh, younger actors, uh, tap into that vitality, that energy, uh, the the freshness of these uh, actors coming right out of school. Or well, you uh, sure made a great contribution to that. Well, and, and that's. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but that is so much up my alley because personally myself and, and with Urban Theater Company, one thing that we want to do and that we've tried to do is really reach out to these young up-and-coming actors and, and work with them, uh, uh, train them, mentor them, and get them ready for, you know, hopefully what will be a life in the theater for them. So getting to see over 200 young actors uh, was super exciting for me just to kind of see what's out there and, and get to know the talent that uh, is coming out of all these fantastic schools uh, in Chicago, DePaul, uh, Loyola, UIC, uh, Columbia, in particular, Roosevelt. Uh, but casting was pretty difficult. But what I asked actors to do was to um, uh, uh, come in and they could do anything. They could sing a song, do a, a piece of poetry, beatbox, rap, dance, whatever. What I was looking for was not their ability to uh, handle language at that point, but I wanted to see what they were willing to share about themselves, what the, how willing they were to reveal something truthful about themselves. Because like, you were, like we were talking about, these sonnets are real people. And the language is very specific, but if the language isn't approached with heart and truthfulness and a willingness to reveal self, there's, there's, we, can't, we couldn't do the show. Yeah, and and it really did come across that way. So so kudos to you for selecting people that that, that really internalized that. I mean, it was so believable. You know the, these sonnets and most of these characters. It just you just you know they were you want they were real people. Well, it's it's so when the, when Jose came, we had a special uh, performance for Jose Rivera, and he brought uh, some of his family with him to see the show, and. Uh, he pulled me aside after the show and he said, uh, Madrid, he goes, this is, this show is just brilliant. And he said, it's perfectly cast. Um, now that isn't to say that all of these care, all of these, uh, these actors are the, the, the characters in his, his play, they were written for family members, uh, written for friends of his, some living, some no longer with us, some actor friends that he's made along the way, uh, as a playwright. So they're all based on real people. Now, my actors, they may not all be uh, the right ages or the right uh, uh, ethnic backgrounds for the characters. However, they all do embody something that's truthful, a truthful connection to the material. And that's what I was looking for. Well, you accomplished so, it because uh, other than the fact that, that there weren't any really old people uh-huh. you know, in the cast, uh, they were all believable. Well, you know, and that, that's uh, originally I had cast. Uh, it's it's funny. It's a funny story, and I, I don't. Uh, I had cast forty actors originally, and uh, 
because I was very, what I didn't want to happen was I didn't want actors repeating sonnets on stage. I didn't want the audience to look at these people in this afterlife world and say, oh, well, didn't I just see that actor, you know, two sonnets ago or, or 20 minutes ago? Didn't I just see that person? I didn't want that the audience to, to be entertaining that idea in their heads. I wanted them to connect with individuals, one story after another, because all of those stories, you know, as, as, as big and vast as our audiences, I wanted everyone in the audience to relate to someone or something or a word or an idea. So I, I wanted uh, uh, variance and variety in, in the casting. So with 40 actors, I, I, what I didn't realize were, was that there were certain codes that needed to be um, respected and, and there was too many people to bring into the garage space. So I had to cut my cast by, uh, by 20, which was hard for me to do, but it needed to be done. And, uh, and again, this, this, uh, initiative that Steppenwolf is, uh, is doing, it's really gearing, uh, the work towards a millennial audience. And, uh, it's not to say that there aren't older people in the afterlife, but in this particular, uh, storytelling that we're doing, it just didn't work out. Well, and I don't think it, de- it detracted from any of it, uh, at all. Uh, because I think some, some of the 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 actors who looked the youngest were some of the more effective ones. Awesome. So I don't think age made a difference. Cool. It's funny. Uh, the show you're talking about. Um, how do you bring a book of poetry to life on stage? It was. Uh, it was. It was. It was. I don't want to say it was tough because once we got in there and started tinker, ter- tinkering around. Um, it, it, it was fairly easy. And I think a great part of that was, uh, first of all, I knew exactly what I wanted this world to look like and I knew how I wanted it to feel. And I feel that I've been able to, when I see the show, I see what I envisioned a year ago. I feel the way about the work that I, I hoped I would feel a year ago. I also brought in some people that were uh, instrumental to my process. Um, uh, a director, who uh, is uh, part of Urban Theater Company. His name is Juan Casaneda. And uh, I had him do, a, I did a lot of collaborating with him as far as uh, breaking down the script and getting some of this language into the actors' uh, mouths. And then uh, something that was also super important with a cast of this size, I brought in uh, Esteban Andreas Cruz, who is a uh, viewpoints and movement uh, director in the city. And I had him just workshop with my actors in the beginning uh, so that they could build, you know, for ensemble building and to kind of all get them working together as a unit. Yeah, and that worked the, well. That yeah. worked very well, yes. Well, that was interesting. I, you know, it's a, it's a big group of actors to corral and to, uh, and with no, with no uh, linear narrative in the script, uh, I needed for them to breathe kind of as a unit. And uh, Esteban was able to kind of, uh, Esteban was able to work with them and, and get them to that place so that I could then, they move here, move there. This is what I'm looking for, uh, and just do what I needed to do as a director. Yeah, those so. the early movements set with the lighting and the and the backdrops and the shadows, and then having the the one poem. I guess it's about the one about sex, where where everybody, just about everyone in the cast had different uh, uh, parts of that poem. Yeah, that worked to, to to bring us in and. You know, in good theater, once you bring us in, once we buy the the concept, you you could take us anywhere. I was just telling an actor that last night. 
uh, uh, actually, I was talking to one of my partners with Urban Theater about that uh, regarding another show that uh, that we saw. And I said, you know, uh, and that's a lot of that's good writing. A lot of it is uh, the the uh, actors working together as a unit, uh, the directing. You know, once you once you bring the audience in to a large degree, they're willing to see where you take them. They're willing to go wherever you're, you're going to take them. But you got to. But it comes from a place of you know respecting the language, respecting your actors, and uh, respecting your audience. You know, I, I never want to be a director that that uh, that works to manipulate my audience. I want to be a director that works to share a great story with my audience. And it comes across because. We, you know, we may get fooled for a while, but we realize when we're being manipulated. And, and oh yeah, yeah, and in in a subconscious way, uh, when people walk out with that negative feeling about a show, uh, you know, that's a kiss of death. And when they walked out of this show, and I want you to tell me uh, some of the other reactions, I was just blown away. I just, I just said, wow, it was you know the writing. It, it was just art. It was it was performance art in theater being what theater's trying to do you know and if i were to say to somebody yeah i just saw a show about where they where they where they uh talk poems they'd look at me like i was crazy but if they saw the show <laughs> they'd say wow so you're gonna be congratulated on that thank you tom um uh thank you very much for that uh it's it's really interesting because uh you know i i know that as a as a young theater company um what the critics have to say about our work uh, to a, to a large degree, it's important because we're building a company, and of course we want to be well received by by the uh, by the critics, and we want to be re- well received by the embraced by the uh, theatrical landscape, the community here. But the thing is, because you know there there are things involved like grants and uh, you know getting money to do some of the work that we want to do, and Amen. Uh, you know, so 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 a lot of what the critics we we pay attention to what the critics say and. We think it's important that we build relationships with the critics because, um, you know, we, we'd like them to be a part of our process and part of our journey. And ultimately, I, I personally believe that we can learn uh, from one another. We can learn from the critics. I mean, uh, they are a part of the process. But the thing is this. I don't – what we do, I don't ever want uh, – and my partners with Urban Theater Company feel this way too. What we do, we don't do for – the praise of the critics, and we don't do, uh, you know, what we what we do ultimately. I think is is we want to invest ourselves in good storytelling, in good stories. And I'll tell you the best compliment um, that I've gotten, uh, and 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 really the critics have been, uh, I think, very kind to us so far on our journey as Urban Theater Company. But the best uh, compliment that I've, I've gotten with sonnets was, uh, excuse me, from Martha Levy who came and saw uh, our opening opening day show. And Martha came up to me after uh, the show, and she gave me a hug, and she patted me on the chest, and she said, Madrid, that's all heart on that stage. It's all heart. That's so and, true. And, and, that's, and she's one tough lady who oh, who, oh, who knows her theater. Wow, that's yeah. major. Yeah, that, might, that probably made you feel good. <laughs> it really made me feel great because I, I have such huge respect for Martha Lazy and uh, for what she's doing at Steppenwolf and the fact that uh, Steppenwolf has been so generous in opening up their doors, uh, you know, inviting uh, 
part, the three companies uh, into the rep this year, Strange Tree and Sideshow and Urban Theater Company, um, they have provided us with a bird's eye view into their process, into how they make theater. You can't put a price tag on You can't pay for that. No. You know, Chicago has over uh, almost 300 non-equity theater companies. There is a lot of theater coming out of Chicago. Sure and is. To, you know, oh, yeah. right, right. You see, you see, you I go see every night. Places. Yeah. It, 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 and it's amazing how, how good most of it is. Which is awesome. I mean, that's what people are saying. There's, there's, there's better theater here than in New York. Oh, and yeah. I'm a New Yorker. It pains me to say that. Well, only New York might have a speed. They have more major musicals, but on any uh-huh. other level, we blow them away. Well, the thing is, you know, there's, uh, there is a, there's theater being made in Chicago and, um, uh, uh, and, and Steppenwolf, you know, what's interesting, Steppenwolf, they'll tell you right off the bat, they are world-class theater. They are looked at around the world as a go-to theater-making company uh, in the world. And uh, their focus their focus is on two big things. They're, they're known as an actor's theater. Right. So, A, the acting has to be on point. And they have huge respect for uh, for script, for dialogue, for language, and for actors. And getting to there, it was intense. They've been intense to work under, but and, it, and it's been an experience like none other I've ever had. And all I can do is say thank you because uh, we got lucky. You know, they they picked us. Well, you so, know, is it luck or is it that that you guys have done a few good shows? I mean, Brain People was was awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure few of the Steppenwolf people wandered in to see that. Well, we've, uh, we've, we've tried, you know, we've been trying. I mean, our first show was directed by Ron O.J. Parson and he's a friend of the company and we're friends with, uh, uh, with Henry Godinus and, uh, we've, we've had some great mentors along the way. People that have said, you guys are doing some, some cool stuff. Keep it up. Keep it up. And, you know, we've gone to perform at the Goodman, uh, uh, two year, two, two, uh, in the Latino theater festival, two years running. And, uh, so we've gotten some really great attention and, a lot of uh, we've been embraced, so that just makes us want to work harder and, and do better. So tell us uh, now a little quick com- little commercial for uh, uh-huh. for your show. I know you're running in in rep at at Steppenwolf, uh, and it's uh, you're running till when? We run till April 24th. Oh, all the way to the end of April. So that's yeah, a good long weeks. run. Twelve. It's a long run. And and how many shows a week are, are each of you doing? You know, it varies between okay. two and three shows. Okay. There are uh, so it's 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 really an interesting it's it's an interesting performance uh, schedule. Uh, but they have three companies in there: uh, Strange Tree, who's doing uh, uh, the Doctor Crippen show. My goodness, I don't even know the actual title of the show. Uh, but it's Doctor Crippen. Three faces of Doctor Crippen. The three faces of Doctor Crippen. Emily Schwartz is going to kill me, <laughs> uh, which is a fantastic show. Oh yeah. And then we have. Uh, Sideshow doing a uh, Hedatron. I I so haven't seen that yet. I'm going to see that t- tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to it because everyone tells me that all three of them are great and, and they're so different. Totally different. Yeah. It's interesting when we, uh, you know, we Steppenwolf from the I, from the day we submitted our proposals and uh, and were each invited to be part of the garage rep. They hit you up with lots of meetings. You know, they really, really, every single aspect of uh, production is covered in these meetings. And it really allowed us to all get to know each other and bond. And uh, so working together in rep has been fantastic. We've made new friends. 
We've gotten to, to, to look into how other uh, young theater companies do their work. And sharing that sm- relatively small space for theater, three theater companies to be working out of, we've all gotten along fantastically. Uh, but the aesthetics are all different, uh, wildly different approaches to theater making and to content. So, so, so if someone were to buy a, uh, a pass, uh, I, I'm sure they, they have some sort of a package deal for all three shows. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. We're really going to see some interesting theater. I know I've seen yep. two of them now, and boy, it, and if the, if the last one I haven't seen is as good as yours and, and Emily's, uh, you know, people got to get there. And, and it's an inexpensive ticket too, isn't it? Oh yeah, I think it's like twenty bucks. No, I think it's like I'm not. You know what? I'm not sure what it is. Maybe okay. forty bucks. It's pretty inexpensive though. Yeah. But for to see three shows uh, that are all doing really well, uh, that's a great deal. We had two two uh, kids in last uh, last night. They were from uh, they were they're staying in Minnesota, but they were in from London, and they uh, were doing a whirlwind uh, two or three day tour of Chicago theater, cramming wow. in as much theater as they could. And they uh, came, they wanted to see something at Steppenwolf. They came and saw our show, and we couldn't get them to leave uh, the building after the show. They, they loved it so much. Well, that's, so, that's great. And, and, boy, the London theater people know what they're doing. Yeah, you know, and you know what's wild is that yeah, what's really awesome, again, just kind of talking about uh, uh, why we do what we do, um, what's been phenomenal about this process and this show is that Steppenwolf has pulled us aside and, and, and have told us that the audience response to the show has been phenomenal. Uh, people are, I think, uh, somewhat moved or they're, they're taken with the idea. They're sitting there with people who've, you know, passed on from life and they're kind of getting a sneak peek into people's personal stories. It's kind of a very sweet, moving, uh, thinking man's kind of show. So. Yeah, yet there's humor and there's there's so much yeah. heart and humanity in it too. I mean, uh, especially the the one that blew me away was uh, was the the the, uh, the actor who 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 yeah. ends up with AIDS and yeah. Oh, I'll tell you, you know what? I'll, I'll be honest with you, Tom. I look at my actors, and I'm one of these directors that that uh, I don't direct the show and show up back at the end of the show. I'm there every single show. Are you really? Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. You know, because for me, it's, uh, and I'm not, I'm also not a director that notes every show. I don't do that. If there's something that needs to be addressed, I'll address it. But I'm there to support these guys. I'm there, I'm a part of the process. I initiated the process, and I like to see it, to follow through with it to the end. Uh, you know, I'm always, I, I'm, the, I'm the director that's going to be rooting for his cast every step of the way. And uh, I love these actors. I look at them. I know how hard they've worked. Um, you know, and uh, I, I look at these guys. They're young. They're passionate. They're talented. They've got stars in their eyes. Uh, and they're willing to take risks on stage. And I just have such admiration for my cast. Yeah. And, and so. they they do deserve it. It comes from the leadership. Obviously, you've given them the the, the green light to, uh, to, you know, inhibit their – to become that person yeah. and to leave it all on the stage. I hope so. You know, the another interesting uh, aspect was the uh, our first rehearsal. We didn't do a typical uh, bring the cast together and do a read of the script. We didn't do that. What I asked my actors to do was to take the sonnet that they'd been assigned, that they were given, and to bring an improv of some sort to that first rehearsal. 
And what I was looking for was I was looking for to find out how they individually connected to their sonnet, to the material. I didn't want to see whether or not they could memorize the lines or uh, I didn't want any of that. I just wanted to see where they were connecting to the material so that I knew what to build off of. Uh, Interesting and, idea. Yeah. And it was, I tell you, they've been great. How how close at the beginning were most of them? Were most of them? Uh, uh, I don't think, no, I don't think, do you mean as far as did they know each other? No, no, in, in uh, understanding their character. In, oh, they all made connections to the material. They? Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of my actors in particular, uh, uh, Christian Blackburn, He uh, his sonnet is about the guy who operates a forklift and uh, had some issues, you know, he's, he's arguing with God. Yeah. About, uh, that was strong too. Yes. I, I, yeah. Well, this kid, you know, he, I had cut that sonnet. I didn't, I wasn't going to use that sonnet in the, in the play. And, uh, he brought it to my attention and said, I want to do this sonnet and I want, I'm going to, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to give you my interpretation of it. And then you make a decision if we can bring it back into the mix. And he came in and he, did what he was going to do, and he blew me away. And I said, okay, you obviously, you're connected to the material. You care about this guy. Let's, let's, see, let's bring him in. Let's see what you can do. Now, where we're at today with the piece from where we started is the 360, totally different. But, uh, but again, he was, uh, he's a hard worker. He was, willing to kind of get, he was willing to get on board with where I saw the character. Um, and uh, we found a way to, to meet one another in the middle and, People love his people love his work. You know what's interesting, Tom? I'll tell you this: there's a uh, an, a controversy that's been started, uh-huh. um, and this this is super fantastic coming out of the Garage Rep series. I don't know if this has ever happened before. Of course, Garage Rep has only been going on for two years, but uh, uh, about oh about two maybe a week ago, I guess a little bit longer than a week ago, a group of Latinas came and saw the show. And you know Marilyn Camacho's piece where she talks about she's a Latino oh, mother who had fantastic kids? So funny, yeah. And she's right? so, yeah, yeah, sure. She, she's fantastic. Well, this group of, Lati- of Latino women came in, and they were, I'm not kidding you, if they, if they could have thrown rocks, they would have. They were so offended by what they perceived as the perpetuation of a stereotype, of a, stere- a stereotypical Latina mother, you know, that they uh, started twittering and or tweeting, whatever that is, and Facebook. They they launched this online uh, debate on Facebook about uh, the perpetuation of st- uh, stereotypes, uh, and in particular, Latina mothers. Well, after about a week and a half of this debate going online, Jose Rivera got involved in the mix. <laughs> yeah. And he said, well, let me tell you something. This woman is my aunt. Oh. She's, she's still alive. She had the 16 kids. She's still smoking a cigarette, still cursing, and this is a real person. So don't you know? You know you can you can argue about it being a stereotype, but this woman is real, and Marilyn Camacho is doing a fantastic job. There's humor, there's warmth, there's sadness, oh, yeah. there's poignancy. But out of this debate, this is what happened. What has happened? Jose has opened up the opened it up and said, "Okay, all of you naysayers, all of you folks out there that are looking for better representation of Latina women." Let's work together. Let's create a new work. I'll give you the format. I'll work with you guys. You write these these uh, ver- versions of your own sonnets, you know, that reveal what you believe are, are more accurate representations of Latina women. 
and I'll help you guys get the show produced next year in Chicago. Wow. That is so out fantastic. Of this, yeah, out of this debate, Jose where, is where else to write but, a new work. Where else but live theater when you, does this happen? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, so from a negative to a positive, he, right. he saw their point. Yeah, great. Yeah. That is fantastic. And he opened it up. That I mean, the, and, and talking about Jose, this guy, he came and uh, he came and saw the show. And afterwards, we went out to dinner. And first of all, right immediately after the show, we had a talk back at the main stage at Steppenwolf. Rebecca Rugg led the talk back. So I'm, uh, I am uh, sitting on the stage with Jose Rivera and Rebecca Rugg. And Jose and I haven't had a chance to talk about the show. And I'm thinking, what if this man hates what I did? <laughs> what if he is he's just seething inside because he hates what I did to his, to his work? Uh, I was a little nervous, but uh, fortunately, Jose uh, felt the opposite. So we go out to dinner, and Jose makes it a point to talk to every single one of my actors and uh, talk to them about uh, why he wrote the sonnet, where it came from, who the person was, talks to them about their work. He was so gracious and generous to every one of my actors. And I just sat back and I said, what an amazing, what a, what a pro. That is, what that an amazing is fantastic. Man. And here's you know? a, yeah, and here's a guy of major talent too. He's not some aspiring writer. This guy's an established pro. Yeah, wow. nominated for an Academy Award, the winner of two Obie Awards. Yeah. In fact, he uh, he just they just finished filming his new screenplay. He wrote the screenplay for uh, uh, Jack Kerouac's On the Road. Wow. Which just, yeah, which they just filmed, finished filming, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna come out in 2012, I believe. That's got to be one of the most anticipated big screen films of all time. Oh, yes. I mean, Absolutely. on the road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that is. Well, we're almost out of time. And uh, we, actually, we've gone over a little bit. But oh. your enthusiasm for, for theater, it just shows. And it shows in your work and it, and it shows in, in, uh, in, in, as you talk about it. One last question. Yes, and, sir. And I need a sh I'll need a short answer. What General advice would you give to somebody who wants to, who's thinking about forming a theater company? Forming a theater company. Whoa. Uh, people that are, make sure that you're, just make sure that, that you're doing it for the right reason. Make sure it's because there are stories that you truly believe need to be told. Work from the heart, you'll figure everything else out. That is great advice. And uh, thank you so much. And folks, go see a play this week. 